Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special edition of Summer Edition, actually. Ish. Ish. Well, entering into Summer Edition of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, you are with not only Greg and Stephanie Schleter, but also Joseph and John Paul. Geez. And uh, we've got the live music background thing going on right now. Joseph playing a little guitar with us. This is going to be as, uh, I guess, unplugged as you've ever maybe had from us. We're literally in our living room, I guess we call it. The windows are open. The sounds of summer around us. You'll probably even hear some interruptions from kids in the house. Why? Because it's the last week of Easter going into Pentecost this coming Sunday. And uh, that means we got a lot of preparation. We have our Praying with Fire conference coming up. And you can still register, by the way, if you're hearing us on Tuesday night. You can still register. It's perhaps the last two days to do so. Tomorrow will be your last day. Um, it'll be a great day. Stephanie, tell us about BART Shoots. Why should people come to the Praying with Fire conference on Sunday at St. Joan of Arc, 1.30 to 6.30? Why should they come? Because we said so. Oh, wait, <laughs> we're not talking to our kids. Um, no, BART Shoots is an amazing man very real deal has a beautiful story to share and has been very gifted um, he and his brother Bob shoots our author of the book be healed and be transformed and I'm sure a few others um, they are from the JP2 Healing Institute down in Florida and we were privileged uh, to get to know them a little bit through a conference up in Lansing Michigan a number of months ago and just amazed and blessed by the gifts um, that they brought and continue to bring. So it's awesome that Bart was able to come in and we have him for the day. And he's gonna uh, focus, of course, on the spirits, but in the healing and a day of um, empowering. Absolutely. So you can register at massimpact.us forward slash fire. That's massimpact.us forward slash fire. And we're still offering a 50% discount. Now we had a benefactor who covered the first few and we just felt we so much wanted to make this available that uh, we're going to make it available now. If you, so you can use the code fire. When you go and register, use the code FIRE and that will give you a 50% discount. We do hope again that you'll join us. You, you know, you're going to be so glad that you did. So again, um, yes, little girl with the hand in the air. <laughs> you weren't supposed to announce that my hand was up. Oh, it's um, cute though. I just want to It's say your birthday also, today. Happy birthday. Woohoo. Thank you. Um, it was your birthday yesterday. That. Well. Anyone else want to interrupt? It's all good. Because I am the queen of interrupting. This is family. Amen. We're going to pray in a second. But before we do, um, just interesting talking to some people who have already registered, who have been very involved, many of them their whole lives in the ministry world, and just one in particular conversation that I was very blessed by. Um, this person said that he and his wife signed up because they wanted to feel more confident in praying with people and over people and understand uh, what the church and the fullness of our Catholic faith teaches and just have a have and to attain a greater understanding of what life in the spirit is and mm. the, the gift we have of healing and praying again over and with people and um i just i was very moved by that and if that touches your heart or stirs something in you i encourage you again just to sign up for the praying with fire conference um all those things i think sometimes especially if we are practicing catholics and you know think 
and hopefully are into our faith and sometimes it's a humbling thing that we don't want to admit that we don't quite know how to do something or understand something because maybe we think people would perceive us in a different way or you know what whatever that is in us that still needs to be redeemed but I just encourage you um, to come and, and grow in those gifts and in that knowledge. It's gonna be a wonderful day. So enough of the long-winded encouragement. So just sign up and I'll be quiet. So Joseph, I'm actually gonna put, I got Joseph and John Paul here. Say hi, Joseph and John Paul. What's up? So these guys, we just uh, pulled out of a game of uh, spike ball. Ultimate they, spike ball. Ultimate spike ball. Well, spike ball is the gift they gave me uh, within the past year, maybe it was Christmas, I forget. And Father's I was, Day, I think. Father's Day. I think I played twice. <laughs> Your um, fault, not ours. It is true. It is true. Um, but it has become a centerpiece of Schleter activity. And, you know, you'd think it'd be enough of a challenge, just the game itself on level earth. No, we've got a trampoline that's 15 foot in diameter, and uh, they put it in the middle of the, this trampoline and, and have a lot of fun with it, doing flips around it and kind of like the Luke Skywalker thing and Star Wars. It's actually kind of cool. Anyways, um, very interesting. So anyways, we just pulled him in from playing spike ball with some friends to uh, share with us this hour as we are going to open our hearts and our minds to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to put Joseph on the spot and maybe lead us in a song of worship right now so you may hear some adjustment of capos or, or whatever. Maybe not. I don't know. But we're going to enter into a time of praise and prayer just um, to prepare our hearts and our minds to receive the Holy Spirit. Joseph and, actually Grace can't be with us, but Joseph will, will be leading us in worship this coming Sunday. And what's also exciting, we're kind of making it public now, is there is a concert taking place on June 8th at uh Crosswalk Community Church. Crossroads. Like I said, Crossroads Community (laughs) Church um, to benefit those who have been impacted by cancer. Uh, by the Victory Center, I believe, is the name of the organization. And uh, Natalie Grant, who is a award-winning, Dove Award-winning Christian artist. Christian artist is uh, is the main uh, feature, but they asked Joseph and Grace to lead, uh, to open for them, if you will. So how exciting and humbling and beautiful. By the way, I'm just going to ask you, I'm speaking for you, Joseph, how, how does it feel to be asked to play... Um, I don't know, to headline, not headline, what's the term, to open, open. for uh, open for Natalie Grant. How'd you feel when you were asked to do that? It was just crazy. Someone came up to my sister and I after Mass and asked us, and it was not what I was expecting at the end of an ordinary 11.30 Mass, not something you really expect at any time. Uh, I'm excited for it, though. I'm excited to get the chance to... Um, to play, I don't even feel like it's playing. I just feel like I'm doing what I've done for the last couple of years and just leading worship. I don't feel like, for me, it's so much. For us, we're not concert people. Grace and I aren't big con. We've never done a concert. It's not like we have a show to run or anything. We're just kind of doing what we've done, and that's lead people in worship. Uh, and I'm excited to have the chance to to do that with a lot of new people. And, and you'll be returning. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting there you. Go. You're good. That's it. All right. Um, and of course, you were really blessed last year to be tapped at Damascus Catholic Youth Summer Camp to lead worship. 1,800 campers through the many, what, eight, nine seasons, weeks of weeks, camping. Yeah. Um, and what a blessing to really uh, be around wonderful, worshipful Catholics, leading people deeper in, uh, in worship of Christ and uh, cultivate your gifts. You came back, I think, um, and the blessing of parents, right, to send our kids to these places and see how they grow. Joseph, you just grew so, so much by being immersed in that and uh, brought those gifts to St. Joan of Arc, 1130 Mass, 
fairly regularly on Sundays, most Sundays. And um, so, yeah, how awesome to, to be in this community, uh, to see gifts being tapped and nurtured and cultivated. And so, Joseph, why don't you lead us just in an opening uh, worship song as we um, conclude the last week of Easter here and as we anticipate uh, coming out of the desert and the power of the Holy Spirit, falling, second chapter of Acts. To honor you, my King, I live my life to honor you, my King. To honor you, my King, to honor you, my King, I live my life to honor you, my King. Jesus, Jesus 
Lord, we've likely all heard of the virtues and the blessings that you want to flood us with. We likely can even articulate the landscape of this salvation, the catechism, the truths of our faith, God. But we yearn for more. So, Lord, we do uh, open our hearts and our minds that you would stir up that grace in the sacraments that we've been received in the sacraments, God, that you stir it up in us. And um, that we do see, Lord, a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and a new receptivity to that Spirit. We ask this in your name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So I want to begin by, uh, thank you, Joseph, for leading us. Beautiful. Um, By just commenting on the last four or five days of our lives as Schleeders. Um, This is pre-recorded, I will say, so it is actually Monday we're recording. It is my beautiful wife's birthday. 48 years and nine months. We celebrate her so blessed by you, Stephanie, and the tremendous gift you've been, not only to me as your wife, but as these children, and uh, many in this community that you... taught her everything she knows. (laughs) Prayerfully uh, um, just reached out to in so many ways. Anyways, um, so the past four or five days, we were on a family sojourn, given a gift by some dear friends of time away in uh, Tennessee, Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg area. And as part of the those days, a uh, centerpiece of it, I think, at least for me, was climbing this huge, for us, by compared to anything we've done before, a uh, huge mountain um, called uh, Alum, I believe, uh, Alum Cave, Something. Bluff, um, Trailhead. It's, it's five miles. Yeah, there we go. It's in the Smoky Mountains, but there are many different trails. So it's five miles to the top and, uh, and half, es- escalate, escalated, elevated 3,000 feet from our base, from where we began, all the way to the top. And um, to me, I just want to ask you guys maybe what insights you had in doing that. And of course, I think the overarching insight that I had as dad is simply put that families are made to scale mountains. Families are made to scale mountains together. What struck you guys in this past four days together, but maybe in particular going up the mountain? Even just as you said that, Greg, as, as a family, you think of just all the different roles that switch up, but you had, you know, encouragement and leading and um, excitement and uh, just so many different emotions that each person, some just kind of had that role the whole time, right? I mean, the boys, the three boys were definitely, boom, go get them, we're doing this, like all fired up. It was to be conquered. The mountain was to be conquered. Exactly. Um, Greg, you as father, just kind of the head and leading and the idea and kind of the declaration, (laughs) even though people were excited to do it, but just that vision and, you know, kind of setting the course and, um, and leading it in that way. And again, encouraging as needed. Everybody did that with each other. Definitely some, you know, jabbing here and there, which is always part of family life. Um, I packed drinks <laughs> and food to sustain us along the way. But just eat, and a great job. You it's did. just that whole. Um, I don't know the word, but just kind of the interdependent mode of family. Mm. You know, on this journey, certainly you can get all theological, which is true, right? Just kind of this should be how it is on our journey toward heaven together, helping, encouraging, leading, challenging. You know, when you feel like stopping, sometimes it's that more 
of an affirming word, but sometimes you do need a little bit more, come on, suck it up and let's do this, you know? Um, so for me, that was what I thought of when you said that, not to mention, obviously, to be together, to do something together like that. And also um, the, the whole experience, the grandeur of God, you know, in his creation. Certainly thought of Father Nathan Cromley hmm. quite often, whom I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with. And he's been on Ignite Radio Live with us before. But that is so much what he's about, just getting out there and conquering in nature and, you know, just that whole thing in particular as families, which was kind of cool. Gentlemen. Boys, there you go. I stalled long enough for you. You stole everything, though. (laughs) Stalled and stolen. You can repeat. People tuned me out. You go for it. I was just going to say the, the beauty of God's creation, just as his fingerprint on the world and just the beauty of that. And then also something that struck me while I was doing it was just the amount of people that were also in the journey of conquering this mountain. And so um, looking at it, as an analogy of our journey to heaven, yeah, there are um, there there is like our family and stuff, but then there are also the numerous other people that are on the journey as well, and them encouraging each other and asking each other like how much further till the top, or like it's easier up here or harder up here, um, and so giving each mm. other advice and stuff. And I think in my own spiritual life, without that community, um, obviously in the family, but also from like friends. Um, is necessary on our journey to heaven. So, but yeah, it was just a beautiful, beautiful time. Um, love the mountains, love hiking. So yeah. And John Paul, by the way, was uh, was I don't know the frontman, if you will, in terms of encouragement. Let's do this. And um, even prior to Mountain Climbing Day, which was Friday, John Paul, you were all about climbing other mountains where we were staying at. There were we were in the midst of the Smoky Mountains, and so. Um, there were fairly steep inclines that surrounded us of varying heights. Um, some were quarter of a mile, some were half a mile, where we, again, stayed. So you were all about that. I think you might have been happy spending the four days just nonstop climbing. Mm-hmm. John Paul's getting ready for K2. Who knows? But, uh, you know, very awesome. Joseph, thoughts? So most of us made it all the way to the top. <laughs> um, there are two of us who didn't, who shall not be named. But most of us did. And, you know, you're getting to the top, you're climbing your way up, and you're seeing these awesome views, and you feel like you, people keep telling you it's almost there, and you're not exactly sure when almost there is because you feel like almost there was 10 minutes ago each time. Um, but you're doing it, and you're, like, you're trekking up, and, yeah, your legs are maybe a little sore, but you feel pretty good about it. Um, at least the boys did. We were feeling pretty, we felt pretty good about it. Um, and so it's all this, all this hype. It's getting up to the top. We finally make our way up to the top. And even the top was a little confusing because there's a few different trails, but we made it to like the top point called like Cliff Top, where it's these like massive like these cliff points. It's this big drop off. Get up there. To be honest, I was a little <laughs> underwhelmed. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Didn't hear that. I was a little underwhelmed because it was cool and you have like these awesome sights. Um, That's why you go to the very edge of the cliff and look down. Yeah. You won't be underwhelmed. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, you, so you go up there, and then, you know, you're on the top, and you have, like, this awesome visual in front of you. You see it all, and it's beautiful. But, but you kind of saw some of that, you know, 20 minutes ago, because at that point, it's not like you're climbing a ton more. 
Um, so you kind of see the same thing. And obviously you feel great, you're finished, but you feel like, I feel like there should be more to this. I want to keep going kind of mm. thing. Um, don't get me wrong, it was still an awesome view and it was good to be done and on our way back down. But like, I feel like for me, it was a reinforcement of the message that oftentimes it's not the destination that's the journey, but it's the process in a sense. Hmm. The process to me, the process of getting to the top was a lot more exciting and even a lot more exhilarating than actually being at the top and like having finished it all. And I think in our own Christian lives, we very much, we put the end above everything else, which in a sense makes sense because it's the end it, it technically is above all else but we diminish the process and the and the means we take to get there mm-hmm. and we we diminish you know just the ordinary the, that step by step journey the the five and a half miles to the top um, we kind of we highlight that mountaintop experience in a sense without uh, i think putting enough importance to the process along the way because there's oftentimes God is found more in the process than in the end destination. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was just a, it was a cool message, um, a reinforcement of something. I I very much I love just the journey upwards and you know the conversations that you have or just the trucking along, silent sweat kind of thing mm. that you may have, but just that whole idea of process. Don't miss, don't skip out in your process because you're too focused on getting to the top. Um, the process is important. Great insight. So in the last month, we've had a number of waymarkers in the Schleter family. Five years ago, we moved into this house. Um, my, Of course, yesterday was Mother's Day also, and today is my beautiful wife's birthday. Dominic's birthday was a few days ago. That was Saturday. Um, so he turned 13, and uh, a month prior, less than a month prior, our eldest, Anne-Marie, turned 20. She has just completed her second year of college. So on this mountain, as you speak, Joseph, in that journey, you know, we're all growing. Um, all of us are. Certainly, it may seem more dramatic for younger kids who are navigating from an entire different environment of a school system to another system. And let's face it, looking at at, um, job, looking at colleges, looking at driver's licenses, looking at paying bills, the whole realm of things that our family is is dramatically, dynamically changing with each of these, you know, six beautiful children that we have. And, you know, keeping it real, as I said, you know, there are conflicts and struggles, internal conflicts we're all facing, and the dynamics of inner interacting and uh, that fosters hopefully mercy but I'll be honest you know as a father you know with this device in my pocket that's beckoning my attention and beckoning my you know time uh, who knows how much time I've lost or energy distracted over the last years but you know to to go there these four days and to say you know we're going to set this stuff aside we're going to as much as possible be absorb um, silence and God in silence and the relationships that we have and uh, the process that Joseph you speak of uh, very definitely, um, I think, involved us reacclimating ourselves to one another. And I'm just going to say, pronounce the beauty in doing that. Like many of us, let's face it, maybe we're afraid. The mountain, to me, is metaphorical of that too, that we're, we're moving forward together and uh, we're discovering things about each other that are making us better. And perhaps it's important that we, you know, even carry that over to Mount Tabor, Um, The great moment of transfiguration, Jesus, knowing he was going on to his death, 
wanting to manifest his Godhead, his glory to his disciples, knowing that they would see him crucified and maybe their, their faith would, would be in doubt or be questioned. And beyond that point, right, to, to have confidence that God in his glory um, needs to be impressed upon our imagination. So there's another mountaintop experience. So I want to ask you guys, um, speaking of this journey theme, speaking of the mountain theme, you know, we are at a point of transition in the Schleter family. Joseph, you're on the verge of graduating from high school. And uh, Annie, of course, just completed her sophomore year. John Paul, that'll make you the eldest in the family very soon. What are your thoughts as you look into the next step of your life up the mountain? It's been a lot. It's been, I mean, I think even in the past month, really, just the moving and leaving has become a lot more real and you know old friendships that have been there since the beginning of this five-year journey uh, here in Toledo uh, old friendships that have been there since then um, some are remaining strong some kind of distant some new friendships that have just emerged in the last month or two and you're know, thinking about all these different people that that you're moving away from and you know just even reflecting on you know, how far I've come. I think that's kind of been a common theme that mm. John Paul, some other friends and I have talked about. It's like, even just from a year ago, how far we've come and how, how much different of people we are. Um, I know like even from a year ago, I'm a way different first person. From five years ago, I'm an incredibly different person. And it's just how God moves us and how he, how he changes us. I've been so blessed to be a part of a family where faith is, where faith is real and it, the formation is real and... Um, it is a family. It is, you know, in our family is flawed, but it's also the context that God uses to bring us closer to Him. And I've grown so much through mom and dad's witness, through our being with siblings, through, you know, just the day in, day out, the, the things you don't get to choose, but that form you and that I wouldn't, um, wouldn't give up. Um, I've been blessed at many different formation opportunities from CYSCs to retreats to, you know, just being around good, solid families and good, solid people uh, over the five, this last five years. And I'm just excited to continue that because, you know, God always has more in store. Mm. Um, I think I, I brought this up last time I was on the radio, just this quote um, about how um, you, you're dying when your dreams become bigger, when your memories become bigger than your dreams. Mm. And I've had Say this, it again. You know, awesome. basically along the lines of, I'm not quoting it perfectly, but... Um, you're dying when your memories become bigger than your dreams. When the things that you've done become bigger than the things ahead of you. And for me, that's exciting because there's been so many memories. There's been so many wonderful once in a lifetime things really that I've been able to be a part of, um, that I've had the, the ability, you know, the friendships, the events, the whatever it may be, a whole multitude of things. I've had such good memories and I've had such good opportunities. And that just excites me because I know that there's even more to come in these next this next season of my life, leaving and becoming a missionary. And uh, tell us that about entails. that. Specify that. Color that in for us. What are you doing next year? I'm going to be at Damascus Catholic Mission Campus, which is the headquarters of CYSC. Many of you know CYSC both from us talking about it, and uh, they've had different ads on the station and such. It's a Catholic youth summer camp. Last year we had over 1,800 kids come in through eight different weeks, um, a high adventure activity camp with great faith um, formation and encounter. Uh, I was I had definitely a life-changing encounter when I went there going into my sophomore year. 
and they so they run that over the summer which I was blessed to be a part of last year and this year I'll be doing a full year there so I'll be there for the summer and for the full year we'll be running retreats there and a lot of different outreach things to the community mm. and um, expanding the kingdom in, in a lot of different intentional ways so that's where I'll be this upcoming year um, and I'm very excited about that and the continued formation that it'll hold and the opportunity I'll have to use my gifts in a in a powerful way and to serve and to grow. So that's where I'll be. And like I said, I'm excited because I know that the Lord has so much ahead of us. Uh, glory to glory. And uh, I've experienced a lot of glory in the past. I'm excited for the glory of his presence to come. Um, as for the past five years, don't mean to echo Joseph a lot, but definitely just how far I've come, how far I've seen uh, just my entire family go. Um, and just blessed to have come closer to Christ. And it's, it's just awesome seeing um, how, how much the Lord has done in the past five years with friendships, with um, work in the parish, with just everything. Um, and so that's definitely been a blessing. As for the upcoming months, upcoming year, um, gosh, I don't even know. It's, I'm excited um, with what the Lord has in store, it's definitely, it's, it's going to be interesting, but <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, uh, at the start of the trail for, uh, climbing the mountain, you don't really know what to expect. You just know that it's going to be beautiful. And so it's kind of how it is. I don't know what exactly to expect this summer. Uh, this upcoming year, I have a lot of friends who are seniors that will be leaving, um, Joseph is leaving in a couple of weeks, who's been my best friend since day one. Um, yeah, I just, I'll be working a lot, be diving into more leadership with the youth lit group. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited. It's going to be interesting, but um, I'm ready for the ride. So It's crazy just thinking about, you know, all the different things that like we're doing now that we're a part of, that we're, we've done, that we're going into. Looking back to my, I was, I just, I was about finishing up with seventh grade year uh, when we moved here. And if you wow. ask, you ask my little summer of eighth grade, going into eighth grade Sonic stage. Yeah. If you told that little person all the different things that I, I'd be doing, that all these different opportunities I'd have, the struggles, the challenges, the joys, the victories, I don't even like know if I would have react I, I like I think I would have just stared like what what does that even mean like you know people can talk and they can say things but just looking back and thinking you know throughout these years all that's happened and I don't know my little eighth grade self was definitely not prepared for it but mm -hmm. I love looking back and seeing again the process and like God's fingerprints over different moments in my life um, the ways that he's just like gave me a little nudge in this mm. direction or in that direction or stopped me here or pushed me along there or put this person in at this time mm -hmm. or had them leave at that time, whatever it may be. Like, you know, it's like Stephanie Gretzinger has that song, Out of Hiding, and there's that line, like, I loved you before you knew it was love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it can mean a whole lot of different things. There's a lot of different ways to pray into that. But I think one of them is, you know, just looking back and all those areas, all those times, I didn't even think it was God's love, but looking back and like seeing the love of God moving me in different directions before I even knew it was love. And now looking back, like I see just his fingerprints over everything. So Steph, listening to your 
oldest sons talk about the past five years coming in seventh grade, sixth grade, respectively, to a brand new world. What are your thoughts as well, you're hearing I, them talk? I can't think too much because I'll get too emotional and it's not radio conducive not to be able to talk. Joseph had a beautiful reflection on his Facebook page um, on the anniversary of our moving here, which some of that um, was similar to what he just shared, but very, very moving and so true. Just, again, looking back and seeing how God used every single little thing. And we know that, right, as believers, that all things work together for good for mm-hmm. those who love God, as Scripture tells us. Um, and we know that God is a faithful God, and He is a good God. And um, and so, of course, He does and will. But so often we say that, but do we really believe it, right? Mm-hmm. So to, to truly have experienced and know the truth of that, right? Um, so I echo what both of the boys just said, the young men just said. I think, though, um, listening to them, one thing that I uh, was thinking about was, yes, as you said, Greg, certainly it, it was probably one of the toughest things that I ever had to do in my entire life mm-hmm. was to leave my hometown and my family, um, my roots, our roots, and you know, to come here into the unknown and, uh, but definitely believing that it was God's will. And so there was a great sense of peace amidst that tremendous grief and sadness for me. And then circumstances not quite being at all what we had thought they would be. And some real um, tough moments and crosses that we were asked to bear, but so blessed beyond measure by the community and the friendships and all that God did and provided for and spiritually and temporally and and everything in between. So again, just I can't imagine not being here. I can't imagine these five years not having happened. Hmm. So that was a big, huge, long intro (laughs) back to listening to the boys and what they were saying. We have been blessed as adults, Greg, you and I. Mm -hmm. But I think the greatest gift, and perhaps because we're parents, we focus on this more, the tremendous gift that this community, Mm -hmm. this diocese of Toledo, these friendships, these blessings, the formation that our children have received, I I, I can't give gratitude and praise to God enough for that because it has truly made them... Um, the young men and women that they are and you know as they both have said just the different opportunities and circumstances and the nudges and the pushes and the stops and the um, but I think of our priests that the Lord has placed in our lives and in particular in their lives and the the tremendous difference that that has made for them Um, so all those things that the Lord has used so who knows you know, what the next days, weeks, months, years will hold for us. But we do know that God is faithful. And Joseph, I love that phrase, his fingerprints are all over it, Mm. you know. And so who knows where those fingerprints will be, but we know that they're there. And um, praise God, praise God, praise God. So thank you, listeners of Ignite Radio Live. And um, many of you are people that we know well, some not so well. But we've been truly blessed by you, and the Lord has certainly touched us and formed us through you. 
I feel like I don't know what I went like this is your life music or memories or something going on here. So thanks for letting us walk down memory lane a little bit, listeners. Go up memory hill, That's mountain. Right. So it's about the process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. 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 So so true. So true. So who would have thought that a defining uh, phrase about where we would move would be holy Toledo, right? But we walked into it, and our Bishop uh, Thomas, I think, is is beautifully punctuating it and inviting us. Bishop Thomas, (laughs) moment of silence, a moment of prayer. But just to call the holy families, holy disciples, holy vocations, um, and the importance of of understanding each of us who are listening that this is our identity. You know, not just an aspect of our identity or one identity among many, but this is the measure of our worth. This is the measure of our happiness, of our joy. I think there's a natural tendency maybe with families to hold back on the difficult things. Um, we've tried to share it. Those of you who've been with me for any more than five minutes know my faults and failings. And I praise God for that. Because any good that comes out of me or out of us, then you know is through the Holy Spirit. As I think the greatest proclamation of God's power is our perseverance. Some of, a, of you right now maybe are, are facing financial challenges, relational challenges. Maybe some of you are feeling, gosh, where's, where's the fire? Gosh, the Holy Spirit came and I don't experience it at church and I don't experience God in prayer. Uh, I've read these books. I've gone to these events. Maybe you've genuinely come to a point where you're like, what's the point? By the way, 75% of those who call themselves Catholics came to that point and left. But I do believe the 25% who are staying, and maybe you who are listening right now are, are, are among that group, God is honoring and forming and forging in us a, a strength of relationship with him that is shining and will shine all the more to those around us by simply persevering. Parents, you get this idea, right? Our kids who are really young, and maybe it's, it's from the earliest years of nursing and diapers and all of that, we don't give up because it's difficult or because we're exhausted. You know, God is, is forging in us the same kind of qualities and wants us to have the same kind of fidelity. And those around us, our neighbors, our friends are looking at us and, you know, they see the difficulties and the challenges. But I encourage you, as I've been encouraged by this community, to persevere. Persevere in prayer. Persevere in believing God is going to meet you in those moments. If you set aside, distraction is the big assault on that, right? Distraction by devices. Distraction by entertainment. Distraction of lesser things. Make the time sacred to set aside things and let God prove himself to you. I will tell you that that has been a gift for me to know that in the midst of the storms, and there have been many, the midst of the maybe falling down the mountain sometimes, and there have been those sorts of moments, um, that you persevere and you keep moving, you keep moving forward, you keep moving up the mountain, and God keeps proving himself to you. So persevere wherever you're at in faith because Christ revealed it to be true. He kept getting up. He fell down. You know, of course, who knows how many times, but we kind of honor traditionally three times. He kept getting up. He kept turning to God. And I think that's a key thing too. He is Christ. He looked to the Godhead though, the Father, the Holy Spirit to give him the strength. If he's doing that in the garden, um, how much more do we need to say, God, humbly say, God, I need you to cry out that Matt Marr song, I need you, Lord, I need you. Which of us don't experience that in a, just a uh, I don't know, um, a primal way. Some of you maybe right now uh, are just feeling it but haven't actually turned to God with it. I encourage you and that this radio station can be that kind of place that encourages you to, to make the time. In fact, turn off the radio if you, if you need to instead of my voice. Listen to the voice of God. Surround yourself with that silence and just cry out and say, Lord, I need you to receive the grace 
and persevere through the silence and the darkness. I, I just can't say that strong enough also. You will face darkness. You will face desert. I've experienced innumerable seasons of that in my 50 years of life. Some of you may be going through it now. And uh, I do think it is to forge in us a faith that is beyond just what God can give, the feelings that come from God, but for God himself. And the great saints, the mystic saints, have talked about the importance of that. Isn't that true, though, just in family life in general? Certainly when those of you with little ones and persevering through some of those difficult moments of diaper changes and sleepless nights and temper tantrums and, you know, whatever. But I just, you know, as long as we are in family life, it's that constant perseverance. It's there that the battle is fought, right? It's there that we give witness to our kids you know, how to fight the battle, how to learn to communicate better, how to stay steadfast with what you know is right, even if your kids don't quite get the wisdom that you're trying to impart on them. How often we learn from our kids, you know, the lessons of the Lord. So it's, it is that continual thing and that great virtue of persevering through it all, because that's what it's all about. That's where virtue comes. That's where growth comes. That's where we experience the Lord. That's where we experience graces. I mean, it is all in there. And we know, we don't have to tell you, our listeners, just how much the family and marriages are under attack. Mm -hmm. And so the evil one tries to get in there in so many different ways. But I feel like of late, um, just having different conversations with good, solid Catholic parents just that the the voice of the evil one of discouragement you know we're doing this we're trying this and yet it's still you know we're fighting this battle or you know just just all the difficulties that come with that so just to really regroup and that's why it's so important for husbands and wives to pray together to pray over each Mm. other to you know pray for their children to pray over their children just that whole thing to cover yourself in those graces and in the power that we receive as family. But just to keep going, just to keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, you know, just, it, it, that's part of the journey too. You know, it may not be the prettiest part of the journey, but looking back, you can see the beauty in it and how the Lord used it. You know, you see, as we were talking about climbing the mountain, just all the different formation of the rocks and what it took, you know, right, to, to make those cuts and ledges and pathways and you know not easy stuff but gosh that's the path many and john the, the baptist beauty. prepared the way in innumerable ways an image and i want to ask you young men and stuff maybe that was yours maybe a prominent life lesson that's feeding you right now or fueling you um, but the image stuff as you're speaking in uh, pigeon forge the lodge was literally built in to the top of a mountain with other lodges of course left and right and there were decks going out the back and if you've got a little vertigo you know if you have any kind of fear and heights You have to overcome that a little bit too, but these very sturdy patios in the back. And we didn't really plan this, what we were going to do these four days, but I think it was custom designed, how it played out. And more than a few times, we gathered as a family, uh, particularly the first morning, um, and circled up in the back patio overlooking these 
beautiful mountains and Joseph bringing the guitar out and um, weaving into it morning prayer and praise and it echoing, you know, if not around us in the mountains, in our souls, just uh, God's glory and his grandeur. Here we are in the midst of his beauty and, uh, if you will, overseeing, you know, seeing an image of something that represents struggle, mountains throughout the ages. And we're in the midst of these mountains and we're giving glory to God. We're worshiping him and stuff that just the image came to mind, that image, which will be with me, I think, forever as we get older, of families praying not just for one another, but circling up and making it happen. That's been a centerpiece, by the way, folks, you know of of our um, ministry. God made us for community and he's given us these gifts, but maybe we're not experiencing them. We're not experiencing the flow of that grace because we're not, you know, circling up and making that time sacred. So I'm just going to give a little commercial here again and keep encouraging you to do this as a family. Do lit groups based upon the Sunday readings. Talk and pray. Pray over one another. Overcome awkwardness. Overcome the difficulty. Overcome the resistance. Trust me, folks, we experience in our own family resistance to doing this. And we've never done it perfectly, not once. But you circle it up, God gets all that. You, you, you know, you bring the family together, you set aside the distractions, you light a candle. You don't need to play a guitar or anything like that. But you, you talk and pray and encourage members to listen to one another. His grace flows. You literally experience the family members being an organism, a, a body of Christ that's attuned to him in a very special way. So, Steph, I just want to encourage and put that image in the mind of you, our beautiful listeners. Gentlemen, um, lessons, prominent lessons. So I think two kind of big things for me. One, I think a few weeks ago I talked about significance, but more importantly when I, I remember five years ago I was in up even until a few, you know, it went on for a year or two, just very much fighting with a spirit of competition and of performance, hmm. of feeling like I had to compete and uh, feeling like I had to perform um, and like I always had to be the best and I had to, you know, get the affirmation or I'd be admired by people. It was very much a, just that, that spirit that drove a lot of what I did. And it drove me to become a better person because God always uses things for good. And it drove me to, you know, want to succeed in school and sports and music. But it was preventing me from a lot of the breakthrough that I knew God wanted me to have with him, which prevented me from, I'm sure, a lot of breakthrough in different areas. So I think one of the biggest things I've learned, and I think it's something that all of us struggle with in some ways, comparing ourselves to others and feeling like we need to perform to do something, um, a spirit of striving instead of a spirit of surrender. I love just the whole image of growing fruit with God and you, you have a tree and a tree isn't you know, groaning and travailing to produce fruit. It just does it naturally. You've never walked through a forest or a, of, of trees with fruit where they're, you know, they're sweating to produce the fruit that they have to. They just do it because they're naturally connected. And when we're producing fruit in our lives, it comes from not from striving for something, but for surrendering to the will of God in our lives and not trying to prove ourselves or compete with people, but just be attuned to the voice of God and what he's saying about us. And then along with that, I think one of the biggest things I've learned, especially in recent years, is just, you know, the simple phrase that there's more. There's more. I think for... A small period of time, I was very frustrated because I felt like I reached kind of the the peak of of uh, my Catholic faith. Like I, you know, you know, living it out more than just like living it out by going to mass and praying daily or whatever. But you know, I'm, I'm leading a youth group, I'm evangelizing, I'm actively out there, and I'm doing these things. But I still kind of felt like 
this is the best it's going to get. Like there's, there's not much more. Um, and that's just, I think a lot, the, a lie going on through many people. I've talked with a lot of people about it. A common question that I'll ask, especially in a new group or something is I'll say, where are you at in your relationship with God? Just, you can be completely honest. Um, where do you want to be and what's keeping you from getting there? Just those three questions, like where are you at? Where do you want to be? And what's that in between thing that's keeping you from getting there? And most people say they're at a pretty good relationship with God. You know, there's not, they don't really know where else they want to be. They feel like they're kind of, they've reached it. I think it's a very common um, problem in our society. Maybe it may be more um, prevalent among young ones, but I think even with older people, they feel like they've reached like that, that peak, that mountaintop in their relationship mm-hmm. with God. And as somebody who has journeyed so much more and, and I've tasted the kingdom in different ways, you know, and there's always more. And that's what I've realized is that there's always more. There's so much more to discover. There's more to read. I've even in the past year, I've grown more in my understanding and my in my knowledge and relationship with God and in His miraculous supernatural presence than the rest of my life. And it's because I've I glimpsed, I tasted something more. I tasted the spirit of God that is alive and that doesn't, that, you know, I, if we're not living in the miraculous, if we're not living in that supernatural reality of God, we're living far below our birthright. And I think that when I finally, I didn't even, I didn't fully grasp it at all, but I got a taste of it. I got a taste of what the supernatural life of God looks like. And I couldn't go back. You know, there's always more. And so in this last year and a half, it's been this journey of, all right, God, I, I want to discover more of you. And so I just encourage everyone listening, don't settle for where you're at. There's so much more. And yeah, you know, some people justify that as, oh, there's more. I can always pray more and I can always love more. Yeah, that's true. But there's always more of God that you can pursue and him wanting to work through you in a tangible, real, present way. Um, and so I think for me, that's just one of the biggest ways I've grown is discovering that there's more of God and just being, honestly, just being wrecked in, in my pursuit of that, wanting wanting it and hungering after it. Awesome. John Paul? Just over the past five years, gaining such a love and an appreciation for the liturgy um, and just as the source and summit of our faith in the Eucharist and all that that means and how during the Holy Mass it's literally heaven and earth coming together in such a beautiful worship of God um, and that worship taking primacy in our Christian faith and so yeah just being guided by some holy priests in all that um, has spoken a lot into my own spiritual life and day-to-day life so yeah so a lot of folks who are listening, most probably go to Mass for many more years than you, John Paul. And is it fair to say that, that maybe, combining what you said with what Joseph said, that we're before a banquet, but maybe in some sense we're really not receiving it, or we've limited our understanding of what we're receiving, we're not you know, coming as hungry as we should be? Uh, with an awareness that he is the supply of these deepest needs. We're not attuned to that poverty in us. Because I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, you have a profound uh, love for the Eucharist and the liturgy. And you've been reading uh, some of the great books and stuff. And maybe some folks do feel, hey, I go to Mass. And uh, is, what, what's been decisive for you as you've grown, in particular with the Source and Summit? I mean, is there anything in particular that's made the difference for it to be more than just, if you will, go through the ritual, but has enhanced your awareness of God's presence in your life? Um, There are a lot of things, but 
one of the things that made the liturgy more real for me was the simple act of just receiving on my tongue mm-hmm. um, that Christ is a shepherd feeding his sheep and that the priest is acting in persona Christi. And I, I, I don't know exactly how to describe it, how to explain it, but just that simple act increased a lot of reverence towards Christ in the Eucharist. And then from there, um, uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, I then Cardinal Ratzinger, now Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, um, he recommended that Christians receive uh, the Eucharist on their knees whenever possible. And so doing that also increased. It's there's something beautiful about the liturgy is that um, the actions and the words are handed to us from God through the Catholic Church. And I think a problem has been that a lot of people have tried to make it about us and not about God and tried to put words um, and actions that don't come from the Catholic Church into the liturgy. And so, but when we follow what the church teaches, um, especially in regard to the liturgy um, and the words and actions that the church teaches us, um, it increases our reverence, our love for Christ, especially present in the Eucharist. So, I think the bottom, like you said, it really comes down to it being God lays this massive feast in front of us. And too often, when we even actually come to the table, we're, we're only taking the smallest things. When we have, I love the analogy used of, about when we came in, when we became Christians, when we were baptized, we came into an inheritance. And it was something God gave us in our bank accounts. More than just when Jesus died, he didn't just take us out of bankruptcy, but he brought us into abundance. And so now that we are living in Christ through our baptism, we, our bank accounts, we have an unlimited supply. There is nothing that we could need that God did not purchase for us on the cross. And yet someone even with billions of dollars in their bank account can die, can die starving if they don't make withdrawals. And too often in our, in our faith life, when it comes to the sacraments and mass, we're just, we're just showing up at the bank and not even making a withdrawal when God's clearly offering something powerful and something present for us. And that, that takes place at mass. It takes place in our day-to-day. We're always, you know, I, I wish God was here. I wish he was in this place. I'm struggling with anxiety here or depression here or whatever it may be. And God's up there saying, look, like we're oftentimes asking God to move. We're like, God, do this, do this. And he's like, I already did. It's your turn to act. Hmm. You know, I did what I had to do, and, I, and I'll continue to be with you and whatever, but it is your turn to make the withdrawals. He did everything he had to do to put it to put us into the best possible position. And it's just up to us how much are we willing to, you know, to go after it and to even just make those make those withdrawals in our lives. Folks, we're so blessed that you are with us in this journey, not just this radio program, Ignite Radio Live, but our earnestness as brothers and sisters, given this inheritance, to be journeying with you who are listening, not just in exceptional moments, but in every moment of our lives to be occasions of encouragement and support and truly to not just profess it or know it, but to live it. You hear us say that a lot, but that really summarizes the yearning in our hearts. We want to go more than just profess it. We want to live it. And we want to receive the grace, the treasure of the church to do this. Nothing that we're just creating or inventing. We want to receive. We want to respond to the grace God gives in community. Truthfully, this is it. We want to be a holy community that gives witness to holy communion. We want to be a holy community 
that corresponds to the Holy Communion that we receive. So we're glad that you're with us tonight. We are moving into the season of Pentecost, the great feast day of Pentecost. I call it a season because I think that is the season that the whole church is in, and we're celebrating it liturgically. The way of life that we're called to live is a Pentecostal way of life as Catholics. And so I'm going to just invite you now to uh, close your eyes wherever you're at right now and open up your hearts and your minds. And uh, let's receive that grace now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, there's no words we can say that surpass you who are the Word, who want to dwell within us, God. We want to receive your grace, Lord, all the more. We ask that you stir it up within us, Lord. You take us beyond cliche. You take us beyond, Lord, our familiarity. Take us beyond, Lord, our mediocrity, the shadows and the cobwebs and the clouds of religion, Lord, that may just linger in us. And we want to encounter you and your vitality at the heart of it all, God. We want to re-encounter you, rediscover you in ever deeper ways, Lord. And uh, we invite you, we give you permission to press in on us, Lord, as we hopefully will re- will receive you, God, at Mass in the Eucharist, in the most rich and full way, Lord, and uh, that we will become what we receive. We are what we eat, that we will become truly all the more vital, active, dynamic icons and instruments of your love outpoured. And so we pray for your grace on those who are in any moment of transition in their lives, particularly our graduates. We pray that your anointing be upon them all and all of us, God, who are in one way or another, graduating from one thing to another, taking steps up the mountain. We pray for your anointing and grace in our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our souls, our imaginations, our memories, that we will live more fully and give witness to this world and claim it all for you. For the glory of your name, we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Thanks so much for being with us. Your name is victory. Now